0: I want to talk to you about seeing the unseen. I want to talk to you about this issue of prayer. And I want to talk to you about this ability to see the unseen because there's something about prayer, there's something about worship that helps us hear and see the heart of God and helps us to see the unseen. In fact, as Isaiah 43:19, a verse that God gave me said, do you not see what I'm doing? I've already started, I've already begun. And so there's this issue of prayer that helps us to see what God is doing. So if you have your Bibles, your electronic devices, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 1. And we're just going to look at a, a, a prayer or an outline of a prayer that, the, that, the, that Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. So whether you have an old school Bible or you grab the scripture off, off of a, a phone or a, or, or a tablet or whatever, it does not matter to us. But I want to talk to you about this issue of prayer. I mean, when you look at the disciples, you realize the disciples were with Jesus about three and a half years. And so they watched Jesus do miracles. They watched Jesus heal people. They watched him walk on the water. Uh, They watched him feed the 5,000. They watched Jesus change people's lives and transformation. They They watched him calm the storm just by a word. And you think about this, that after they had been with him for three and a half years, there's only one thing that they ask him to teach them no and it's this they said lord would would you just teach us to pray i mean i just find that so interesting they didn't ask jesus jesus hey tell us how to walk on water that'd be pretty cool or or help us understand how to feed the five thousand. help us to understand how our voice could control the waves and the wind see they didn't ask any of that they simply asked is the only thing they ever asked him to teach them was this issue issue of lord would you just teach us to pray Because there must have been something that the disciples saw in the ministry of Jesus to realize that this ability to connect with the Father, because they saw him pull away and get alone and get rid of all distractions. They just saw him get with with the Father, and they saw him that they had this power. In fact, uh, Luke 11 says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of the disciples, so they must have been watching him, right? And then he says, And Lord, teach us to pray. Is John taught his disciples to pray. Now listen, I, I don't know if you've ever gone through the process of teaching a, a child to pray. Um, if you've ever done that, it can be pretty frustrating, right? I mean, just if we're honest, uh, my, my grandson Gavin uh, is learning to pray right now. Gavin's like three. And so Brittany and Corey, my son and, and my, my daughter and son-in-law, are teaching Gavin to pray. couple of months ago we headed up for dinner uh to have really with the grandkids uh and so but their parents were there and so we're all so you grandparents you know what i'm talking about you know what you just want to keep your kids happy enough so they don't cut you off from the grandkids, and so (laughs) and so anyway so i i hadn't eaten lunch i'm like really really hungry and i know this was rude i wasn't thinking And so we're at the table, and so you could smell the food. The food's ready to eat. I'm hungry. And so my daughter is trying to get Gavin to pray, and it's not going well. And it's not going well at all, and it's not going quick enough. And so finally, and I know this is rude, but I was just hungry. And so without even thinking, I said, Could someone else please pray for so we can eat? (laughs) And Gavin just looks up at me, and he just like... And he bows his head, and he goes... Dear Jesus, and he looks around, thank you for mommy, thank you for daddy, thank you for baby brother, thank you for nana, and then he looks over at me and says, and dear Jesus, I do not thank you for pop pop. <laughs> yeah. Pop pop interrupted my prayer. I do Listen, it took two weeks before he would ever pray for me again. But you know what, teaching someone to pray can be frustrating. I wonder how many times God has been frustrated with us. I'm just trying to teach them to pray. When will they learn to pray? When will prayer become something powerful in their life and not just something, a last ditch effort when nothing else works and they say, oh, we'll try prayer. I mean, I wonder how often God gets just so frustrated with us. When are they gonna learn? When are they gonna learn to pray? Now listen, if I ask you a question, and I ask you, do you think prayer is powerful? If you have on your, your church mask, because we're in church this weekend, and so a lot of times when we have our church mask on and we ask a spiritual question, we just give the answer that we think we should give in church. And so if I ask you, let me ask you, do you think prayer is powerful? Well, if you have your church mask on, you're going, to go, of course it's powerful. Prayer changes everything. Well, then if you believe it's powerful, and if you believe it changes everything, then why don't we understand it more? Why don't we pray more? Why don't we understand the power of prayer? And see, the disciples, they asked Jesus, Jesus, just teach us to pray. And, 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 he, and he recites this prayer. And really and truly, this, this, some call this the Lord's Prayer. But really and truly, this wasn't some prayer that was supposed to be some ritual that we just say over and over and over and not know what it means. Really and truly, what Jesus was doing, Jesus was giving them an outline. And he was giving them an outline, a way to communicate with God effectively. And so Luke chapter 11, verse verse 1, uh, here's what the scripture says. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so here's the Lord's prayer. And it may sound a little bit different because it's in the ESV. And so he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. I want to give you four principles that if you're going to see the unseen, that if you're going to hear or see the heart of God, of principles of prayer that you and I need to understand. The first one is this. When we pray, we pray with purpose. In other words, there's meaning to prayer. There's a purpose to prayer. When we pray... Not if we pray, not hopefully we pray, but he says, when you pray, in other words, pray with purpose. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. In other words, learning to pray effectively just means you start doing it. It's the same thing that we're doing with Gavin, is that, you know what, we're just starting out easy. We're just letting him pray, pray for the food, thankfully, nothing else, because it'd take like forever. But, but but this issue of prayer is this issue to where you just you just... You learn to pray by practicing. In other words, we all know this with hobbies or with a job a profession, career, whatever. We all know this. We all know that there's things in life that the way that we learn to do something is by practice. And we'll even say things, you know what, practice what? Practice makes perfect. And prayer is the same way. Prayer is just like anything else. It takes it takes discipline. It takes practice. I mean, the, the, the disciples were asking Jesus, just teach us to pray. I mean, they would traveled with him. They watched him do all this stuff, but they had also watched him pray. They would also watched him go to an isolated place, to a, to a lonely place, just to pray. In other words, he got all the distractions out of, of his life. Listen, there's millions upon millions of people that can recite from memory. The Lord's Prayer. But very few people really know what it means. Very few people know the outline that Jesus has given us. That it's a blueprint for our communication with Him. And it's so interesting about this prayer. It doesn't start off with our needs. See, so many times we think prayer is like, like God's like this spiritual vending machine in the sky, or is like, he's like a drive through line where we just roll up and we just quickly give him our list. I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. But see, this prayer doesn't start out like this. The fact is, this prayer doesn't start out with our needs. The fact is, this prayer, this prayer starts out with him. And he says, "Our our Father. In the Greek, that word Father is Abba, which means it's an intimate term. It's a personal term, which means daddy or pops or whatever, but it's a, it's a, it's a personal term. In other words, he's a personal God. And so it begins with him. It begins with God understanding who he is and what he's done in our life, that the purpose of prayer is first to turn our attention to God and recognize what he's done for us in our life. In other words, really and truly this prayer could begin off with our, our perfect father because when we start off with him and we praise him and we understand who he is and what he's done in our life it helps us to put things in perspective him in the proper perspective, perspective and our situations in the proper perspective verse 2 and he said to them when you pray say father this is interesting hallowed hallowed be your name your your kingdom come See, the word hallowed is another word for just holy. It's a a description of perfection. It's a word that is used in praise and adoration that teaches us that that God desires this from His children, that God desires for us to worship Him and to praise Him. Listen, I'm telling you, you want to take your prayer life to a whole other level? Then you incorporate praise into your prayer life. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is talking about before you pray. Or when you start praying, would be a better way to say it. You, you praise Him. So usually we just think of prayer. It's just a time that we just tell God all that we need. But there's so much more to pray. prayer. I mean, this issue of praise, praise is a door. I and mean, praise is a door that leads us just to a deeper relationship with God. Deeper intimacy with Him. And right now, in my personal prayer time, some of the songs that I am incorporating, that I praise Him with, maybe Hill Song United with, with Oceans or Jesus Culture, Holy Spirit, or some other songs to where you just start off your time of prayer, which is a time of praise because when prayer incorporates praise, it does something in the hearts of His people. When we begin to acknowledge just who God is, That God's sovereign and God's in control. Remember, remember culture shock, and Daniel. I mean, his his world is coming unglued, but Daniel never came unglued because in the midst of it all, he knew God's sovereign. God's I may not understand what's going on, but God's sovereign. God's in control. In other words, you realize that guess what? God's in control. In the Old Testament, God called Joshua. Uh, to take the city of Jericho. In their time, nobody believed Jericho could, could fall. Nobody believed Jericho could, could, could be taken. I mean, Jericho, when you look at the structure, they had two walls, one massive wall on the front and another massive wall behind it to where they believed, you know what, there's no, no way someone can get through that. And Joshua... Here's what God told him in in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. He said, now now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. Verse 2 is so important. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand with its kings and mighty men of valor. God speaks in future tense, not in past tense. And God says, you know what? I may deliver. I may give it to you. There's a chance I'll give it to you. You know what God told Joshua? God told Joshua, Joshua, I've already, I've, I've given you Jericho. The fact is, I've already delivered it to you. And you know what Joshua did? Joshua didn't stop there. He organized the people exactly as God told him, and they marched around the city. And they marched in silence and they took the Ark of the Covenant and they put the Ark of the Covenant in the center of the people because the Ark of the Covenant was the presence of God. And they took the presence of God and they worshipped and they marched around the city. And on the seventh day, the the walls fell. And when you look at this, when you look at Joshua's life, the battle, the battle was won before it even started. I mean, God God had already given them the city. They operated from a position of victory. They operated from a position of strength. They operated from a position of their inheritance. But Joshua still had to do something. He had to continue to pray. He had to continue to praise. He had to to continue to be obedient. And that's why it leaves in this prayer. Your kingdom come. In other words, your will be done. As I just trust you and as I just follow you. And the second principle is this. We pray petitioning. We not only pray with purpose because we understand. Prayer is powerful. Prayer changes situations. But he also said we pray petitioning. In other words, this. There are some things in life that we pray for, and there are some things in life we pray through. There are some situations that, you know what? We're just going to have to pray through that situation. But what Jesus said, but there's also some things we pray for, and so we pray petitioning. So verse 3, here's what the Scripture says. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us of our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us, lead us not into temptation. So Jesus says in this outline, in this outline of prayers, uh, of way to pray, that one of the things you pray for, you, you pray for your needs. And now we get to this place after we've praised him, after we've acknowledged who he is in the situation, he's sovereign and in control, then we begin to pray for our needs. And he says, give us our our daily bread. Give us our, our daily sustenance. Uh, he says this is this is the first time in the prayer where they begin to pray for their needs. This is the time when we begin to pray for necessities in life, that whether it's food, whether it's clothing, whether it's a job, whether it's whether it's an open door, whether it's a car, whether it's something financial, whether it's health, whatever, to where we're acknowledging, listen, we're acknowledging that our life, we're totally dependent on you. We're, we acknowledge that God, everything comes from you. In fact, as the Scripture tells us this, do you realize that the Scripture says... God gave you the ability to make wealth. That that came from Him. And you're acknowledging that. And you begin to thank Him for just the, the simple things in life. For the necessities of life. For your, your your daily living. For your daily bread. For meeting your daily needs. And then it says that there's some other things we pray for. That we pray for forgiveness of sin. And He goes on in verse 4 He says, And forgive us of our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us, so important, and lead us not into temptation. So never forget this, that unconfessed sin, is what Scripture says, unconfessed sin in your life, unconfessed sin in my life, can hinder our prayers. And the Scripture says that God des- desires to forgive us, God desires to restore us. In fact, is, First John 1, 9 tells us, that if we're willing to confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from, from all unrighteousness. Have, have you ever felt like, don't answer this out loud, but ha- have you ever felt like that your prayers didn't like leave the room? You ever felt like that your prayers, just for whatever reason, it, it, it just couldn't make it past the, the ceiling? Scripture would say sometimes that has to do with unconfessed sin. Fact is, it's just such a sobering passage in, in 1 Peter to husbands when he writes and says, husbands, if you're, if you've sinned against your wife, if you're out of relationship with your wife, your prayers, your prayers will be hindered. Let me ask you, when was the last time, when was the last time you confessed your sins? And and I'm not talking vague, and I'm not talking broad brush strokes, but when was the last time you, you specifically just confessed your sins with a word or an attitude or a, Or an action. When was the last time when you sinned against somebody that you just went to, and I know it's hard, but you just went to them and you looked them into the eyes and you said, and you you just got to forgive me. And you just got to, I am so sorry. There's nothing to justify that, that word, that action, the thing that I said, the thing that I did. You know what it is and, and here it is. And I'm just asking that you, that you just forgive me? Because Scripture tells us that this issue of confession of sin, it, 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 it should be specific. The fact is that, that evening, I, I told Gavin, I said, Gavin, I'm sorry that I interrupted your prayer. And I need you, I just need you to, to forgive me and so that everything's okay. And so it, he goes on and he begins to talk about this. And lead us, lead us not in tempt- into temptation. That's another thing that we just pray for. I mean, in other words, that God, we just want you to lead us. We just, I, I just need to be able to hear from you. I just, would you lead me so I can lead my family? Would you lead me in such a way? Would you open doors where doors need to be open? And then he says, and would you, would you lead me? Would you lead me not into temptation? That, and I, I really believe this. A lot of difficult relationships... A lot of difficult situations in our life could have been avoided if we had just simply prayed to Him. God, would you just lead me and lead me not into temptation? First Corinthians ten thirteen tells us that the temptation is common to every every one of us, but God always provides a door. God always provides a way of escape. God, would you show me the door? God, would you show me uh, the way of escape? God, would I be willing? Just lead me. I just need to hear from you. And so the third thing, that if we're going to see the unseen, the third thing is this, is we need to pray persistently. In other words, there's some things you pray for, and there's some situations you pray through. These are situations that are going to be like ongoing. And so there's times we just pray for something, but there's also some situations we pray through. And this is critical for us to understand that if you're going to understand prayer and if prayer is going to be powerful in your life, then you're going to have to understand guess what? God has deposited his power in us. When you understand that God has deposited his power, his holy spirit the moment that you become a Christian, in you it changes the way that you pray and i believe this is why so many people don't pray and don't take prayer seriously because they don't understand the power that god has deposited in them and when you understand this It changes everything about this issue of prayer. In fact, it's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says this. He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In other words, for us, that happens at the moment of salvation. At the moment of salvation, we start a relationship with Him. And He places the Holy Spirit in us. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And a lot of times we take that verse and we use that verse and we talk about missions, that, that God wants me to be a witness. And he does. And he wants me to be a witness in my church. And he wants me to be a witness in my home and in Pueblo and in the state of Colorado and to, the, to, and to the world and all those other things. And he does. But sometimes we miss the point and we miss that God has deposited his power he has placed his power in you a, a song that that we worship to this morning god is able it comes from Ephesians three twenty, and it's a, it's a popular verse that many of us can quote, but a lot of times we leave off the second part. A lot of times we focus on the first part, but I'm telling you, the power is in the second part. Ephesians chapter three verse twenty. Here's what the scripture says, and I just and this, this sentence reads just grammatically just just so weird, and it's really difficult even in the Greek. And so here's what he says in Ephesians three twenty. He says, "Now t- to him who is able." to do far more abundantly. Well, I thought far more was abundantly. What is God trying to communicate? But he goes on. He just doesn't even stop there. So he says, to him who is able to do far more abundantly, then what? Then all we ask are all, or think. And so a lot of times we'll take that verse and we'll say, God, you know, in your situation, God is able to do far more abundantly. More than you can think. And more than you, you can ask. And we forget about the second part of this verse where the power is. And then he goes on and he says, according. According to what? Ac- according to the power at work within us. He has deposited his Holy Spirit. He has deposited his power within us. And what he's saying is this. God is able. God is able to do far more abundantly. Abundantly. More than you could think. More than you could comprehend. More than you could ask. According. According to the power that is work within us. That work according in the Greek denotes measurement. That that word in the Greek is like measurement. It's like measuring something out. Man, is it possible that God has already done His part like He did with Joshua? God has already done His part. And now it's up to you, it's up to us to measure it out. God, un, God's unlimited power can be limited by our prayers in our situation. Yes, God has all power. But his unlimited power can be limited by our faith or by our prayers in our situation. It, it depends on us. That's what he says. I'm able. I'm able to do far more. Abundantly. More than you could think more than you can ask in your situation in that situation that you're 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 praying through and we must be willing to pray through situations we must pray persistently and release the power of god in our situation and in our life this this church was founded on prayer the reason this church is here right now is because of faith and prayer I mean, this is the reason that before we do a Christmas Eve service, which is coming up, or before we do a, an Easter service and we're at the state fair, th- this is the reason that, that the night before those services or the day before those services, however that timing works out, do you realize we have prayer partners? We have people in that service, and they are praying over every one of the seats in that room. And you know what we're doing? We are measuring out. We're measuring out God's p- power. Where God, we, we want you to show up and we want you to do something huge in this room. And we have testimony after testimony after testimony in this church of people who met Christ. Man, it's a state fair of Christians who walk in that room and says, you know what, it doesn't even look like a church. I mean, usually we're going to rodeo here. We're going to concert here. We're going to something here. But we walk in this place. We walk in this service and it, it just feels like home. It feels like God is here. I mean, what we're doing is we're measuring out God's power in our situation and say, God, we want you to do something far more, abundantly, more than we can think, more than we can ask. And we're going to measure out. We're going to distribute your power in our situation. That's, that's why we prayer walk the Lamb. I mean, this prayer walking the is crucial to our future. Here's just a few pictures, if you haven't been out there, of, of just people just prayer walking the land. This is, this is right at, at when it started, and there were over 200 people that, that got to the land. And, and so you guys can just scroll through the pictures. There's, there's families that are gathering over that land. I mean, people had rocks with names on it. They're praying for their friends and their loved ones to come to Christ, they're praying for community members to come to Christ. There's a pile of rocks, and I'm telling you, that pile of rocks is emotional. When you start looking at the prayers that people have put, a sh- put on those rocks with a sharpie and there's someone praying for the youth ministry, we pray for all five stations, which is all five ministries of our church. And to where we understand, listen, this is, this is a spiritual exercise. This is, this is trusting, this is measuring out God's power. We know God's already given us the land. And this vision is beyond Beyond our resources, you guys can pull those pictures down. Listen, let me just tell you something. Many of us, we have more faith in the postal service than prayer. Man, we order something online from Amazon, from a, from a retailer or whatever, and they say it's shipped. You know what we're doing? If you're like me... We're checking the mailbox every day or the front porch. However it's coming, right? I mean, we, we have given our order. We have asked for something. And we are expecting it to show up. And guess what? If it's not at the mailbox the next day, if it's not at the mailbox the next day, we will keep going to the mailbox until it arrives, right? But many of us, we don't approach prayer like that. Many of us, we have more faith than the Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, Carrier Pigeon, however it comes than we do in prayer and you know what we do we pray we ask god for something and that next day it doesn't change the relationship doesn't change the situation doesn't change so you know what we do god i'm not going to the mailbox anymore i'm not even going to look at the front porch anymore this prayer stuff just doesn't work but we're willing we're willing if it's coming by mail to show up every day I mean, when you, when you look at Elijah's ministry, I mean, Elijah through his ministry, you can look at it in the Old Testament, the book of Kings. But Elijah through his ministry, for, for a period of time, God, God stopped the rain. And then Elijah, Elijah was having a conversation with God and God told Elijah, Elijah, it's going to rain again. So let me ask you this. So after God told Elijah it was going to rain, why did Elijah pray seven times for rain? God already told him it was going to rain. Because Elijah was measuring out God's power in his situation. Elijah understood this. Elijah understood this principle of releasing God's power in your situation. See, Elijah, Elijah just didn't pray and and then did nothing. Elijah not only prayed, but he acted on his prayers. Fact is, Elijah after why? Because he just expected it to rain. And he was measuring out God's power in his situation. James 5.17 tells us this. James says that Elijah is an example of how we should pray. Uh, here's what he says in, in verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nat- nature much like ours. And he prayed fervently. That's an important word, that it may not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again. This was verse 18 was after God told him it was going to rain. Did he prayed again? And heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. That word fervently in the Greek means more than words. It means acting on your prayers. It means acting on your prayers in such a way you you expect an an answer. So you, you can't just pray like Elijah. You have to act. Like Elijah. Man, when, when God called us to come to Pueblo, we didn't tell God, God, when you raise up 2,000 folks, then we'll come. God, when you get 2,000 folks together that want a church here, we're in. No. When God told us that He was going to plant a church here, that He was doing something new, you know, the first thing that we did, we prayed. We took a pueblo phone book we broke the binding off and we went through the phone book person by person by person by person and we prayed for every person in pueblo county uh, in pueblo county we prayed before we ever came because we understood And, and listen that's not all we did we prayed And we packed boxes and we loaded up moving trucks and we began moving this way because we understood, guess what? God's already given it to us. God has already called us here. Let me ask you a question. Why did Daniel, why did Daniel pray for like 21 days for something? Daniel chapter 10 verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel was mourning for 3 weeks. So so he was in mourning for 3 weeks. I ate no delicacies. Then all of a sudden we get a glimpse why he was in mourning. He also didn't eat any meat for like 3 weeks. So I ate no meat. No wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at oil uh, at all for the for the full 3 weeks. And then Daniel chapter 10 verse 12. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael of the chief prince, came to help me. For I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision is for the days to come. In other words, you know what he was telling Daniel? Daniel, when you prayed on day one, God answered your prayer. When you prayed on day one, God answered your prayer. It took me 21 days to get here. That there is a war that you can't see. There's a war in the in the heavenlies. And we know this, right? We we don't struggle against flesh and blood. He said, Daniel, I was delayed because of this heavenly battle. But Daniel, Daniel continued to pray. Could it be that God answered your prayer on the first day? What what would have happened if Daniel had to start stop praying? In day twenty, I wonder how many of us stop praying way too, solemn, way, way too soon through a situation. We go to the mailbox, we go to the front porch; it's just not there. We say, "You know what, this prayer stuff—it just doesn't work." The fourth and the last thing is this: is that we we pray with power. Revelation five eight talks about this praying with power, and when he had taken the scroll the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which, so important, which are the prayers of the the Christians, the prayers of the saints. So according to that verse, in heaven there's a container. There is a container, bowls, of your prayers. Just ask you this, how full, how full are your containers? How full are your containers in heaven? Do you even have a container? Do you have a, do you have a container for your marriage, for your relationships? Do you have a, do you have a container for your, your children and your grandchildren? Do you have a container for your ministry? How much, how much time, how much time do you spend in prayer? If you could see those containers, would they be empty or full? For you, when someone asks you, is prayer powerful? Do you just give a church answer? Prayer is powerful, it changes things. Not because you've experienced it, because you know it's the right thing to say. I'm telling you, prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. prayer will change your life and it will change your situation when you understand that God will do far more abundantly than we think or ask according to His power at work within us. That's why we're asking. That's why we're asking you to prayer walk this land with us, that we measure out, we distribute His power. That's why we're asking you just to pray with us about, about your part, about your role in this, so that you can see God abundantly do something more than you can think or ask. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? with your heads bowed and eyes closed, let me ask you, what is God saying to you as a result of this message? What is God saying to you as a result of this message? And maybe more importantly, what is your next step? How does He want you to respond? Do you understand that that prayer, that prayer is powerful? And that when we're willing just to pray through a situation, And that we pray persistently that we're able to measure out God's power in our life, and our situations. And then we get to sit back and to watch Him do something abundantly. Far more than we could think or ask. I think everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And we can be a part of something much larger than ourselves. In prayer, never get hung up on the how. If you get hung up on the how, how is God going to change this relationship? How is God going to change this situation? How is God going to provide enough for us? If you ever get hung up on the how... You'll never see the what and the why. Would you just trust him? The how, that's up to him. But we know the why, and we know what he wants to do. Would you trust him with your life? Maybe you're here this morning and say, you know what, I I just need prayer. I have a prayer request, I have a need. What a wonderful day for you to respond in prayer is this day. So if you need prayer in any area of your life, whether it's a relational issue, a financial issue, we, we want to pray for you. So in just a few minutes after I pray, we're going to stand together. And I'm just going to invite you, if you need prayer in any area of your life, as you stand up, would you step out, begin making your way down to the front. We'll, we'll have people walking with you. We'll have people down front that will direct You just have to tell them your name and how they can pray for you. And they'd love to have the opportunity just to encourage you to add their faith to your faith. And just to pray for you. So if you need prayer, after I pray, we stand. You come. Father, we thank you for your love. And we thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you for just the power of your name. And so, Father, we just ask that you'd pull this church very closely to you. And, Father, that we would respond to you. And that people find comfort, encouragement, and support. And, Father, may you do abundantly more than we could ask And more than we can think in our life and our situations, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.